Hello and welcome to Cannabis Nation, where we help guide you through the wonderful and complex world of cannabis by shedding light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. I'm Nick. And I'm Susan. And this is episode 27. Today we're future tripping and getting high in public, baby. So this is a uh, in this episode we're gonna dive into the future of cannabis uh, and the uh, uh, the cannabis industry's market. Yeah. Uh, what new and interesting commodities and products are coming our way? What? what are some of the new innovations that will be added to the plethora of consumption choices that we as consumers can expect to enjoy in our future cannabis experiences? So we're also gonna give you an update on the ever slow moving cannabis uh. legalization legislation circus show, yeah. and end with a cautionary tale. Yes. We'll start with the circus filled with the ridiculous, scary clowns that we call politicians. Yeah. Here comes the House. Yeah. The House passed the Moore Act again. Mm-hmm. It's focused on legalizing cannabis, but uh, yeah, as Nick says, don't get your hopes up. Just like the Safe Banking Act that we have discussed at nauseum, there's a very slim chance this bill would make it past where it is now. It will head back to the Senate, where last time they even refused to vote on it, so I don't even know what the point of this exercise is. Yeah. But now this time, it's also facing Chuck Schumer's Cow Act, which will likely divide the cannabis legislation supporters even further, right? We predict another disappointment year for our federal legalization of cannabis. Mm-hmm. More people having cows. Like, yeah. You know? So, okay, what's with the two bills, you ask? Okay, that's a good question. All right, so I, in uh, the research, actually read both of these things. Well, the MORE Act needed a lot more. I mean, like, a whole cow act more. Yeah. It doesn't prove it doesn't provide any pathways for deschedulizing cannabis as a class one drug. Oh, excuse me. It, it does. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. It does as a class one drug. Yeah. And decriminalization and the funding for recompense for those communities and people most adversely affected by the war on drugs. So it does all that, right? It does this by creating a whole new department in the justice system established within the Office of Justice Programs called the Cannabis Justice Office. And creating a 5 to 8% tax on all cannabis products in all phases of production in order to pay for it. Now, for those recom- recomp- recompenses, is that how you would say that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right, right, okay. It's not really a well-written piece of legislation, though. It's full of random house-cleaning verbiage to existing laws, like specific weirdness, and then vague on the whole who, what, and how portion of the implementation of such a complex endeavor. Yeah, which right. is not entirely unheard of when it comes to new legislation. A lot of times it takes a lot of time to, you know, flesh it out. But it doesn't mean that either the Cow Act or the Moore Act are going to be the thing. They could both be law, as the Cow Act pretty much follows along with what's written in the Moore Act, Mm -hmm. just has a better definition of the who, what, and how thing, with no mention of the new office in the Justice Department. But whether or not that's the case, the two bills thing might confuse and confound some of the legislators who might not take time to read both bills or operate in existing camps, if you will. Yeah, yeah, like it's hard to confound them in the first place. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So at Camp Schumer, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Chuck and the other Cow Act having congressional sponsors mean to treat and tax cannabis more or less in the way they do alcohol and tobacco, with some differences. One of the differences is noted in Section 1109 of Chapter 11, added by the discussion draft. It would prohibit electronic cannabis product delivery systems from containing natural or artificial flavors. What? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, we can buy and consume all the flavors of the rainbow when it comes to alcohol, tobacco, and nicotine products, but cannabis ones, which are currently legal, regulated, and proven to be safe in the states that have legalized cannabis in some uh, one form or another so far, can't, apparently. Okay. You know, um, which is ridiculous. You know, I know that it seems like they're either going on, you know, weird leftover from the apocalypse or, you know, trying to make it not appealing to kids. But like you said, I mean, you can buy alcohol that tastes like freaking cotton candy and you can buy, you know, all the vape flavors in the freaking oh world. Starburst and gummy bear yeah, flavored vapes. Yeah, I can buy Swisher Sweet cigars, you know, that yeah. strawberry or vanilla flavor. Exactly. Too. So it seems a little a little crazy that they're... It's a little disingenuous. You yeah. Know? I don't know. Like I said, uh, before when we've talked about legalization, like the whole point of this is to... We have safe products. Yeah. R&D has been done. You yeah. know what I mean? They're regulated. So you're talking about a whole branch of the market that you're just going to say, we can't do this anymore. So then they mm-hmm. do go online and buy, buy these products that aren't regulated. So you're creating yeah. a problem instead of solving a problem when you say, we're going to make these all illegal because people are still going to do them. Yep, it's, they are. That's the reason why they're legalizing marijuana. Bottom line. They're just still going to do it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a bunch of madness. Well, what, speaking of madness, you guys, welcome to South Carolina. Wait till you hear this. Okay, so... U.S. Senator for South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, our fair-haired Lindsey Graham, stated in an interview at a TV station at WCSC in Charleston, he's quoted to say, Medical marijuana, I've heard from many people in our state, seems to have some value. Okay. If you can show me, and I think there's evidence that it is helpful, then the medical marijuana idea I'd be open to. If you can show me? I don't understand. You look it up. Freaking Google it, Lindsay. How does he talk? I mean, my God, it just, there was no flow in that, guys. That's a quote, for heaven's sakes. Now, I mean, it's so political speak. It's just a textbook. So, South Carolina's house is in, why he was talking about it, I think, in the first place is, South Carolina's house is in the process of voting on legalizing cannabis for medical use. But it doesn't look good for them either. (laughs) We found some stuff. Okay, these crazy people. All right, we had to share with you just a few choice words from one of that state's fine representatives. Okay, Republican Dabney from Camden has said he thinks the medical marijuana law covers too many conditions. Saying at a public hearing that people seek out medical or chemical help when there are, quote, some things you just have to deal with, like shaking hands. <laughs> wow. So he's downplaying all tremor disorders like Parkinson's, yeah. like severe yeah. difficult disorders by saying, well, you just got to deal with a shaky hand, you know. Suck it's- it up, buttercup. Wow. That- a cup of coffee and try not to slop it all over the place. I hope somebody walks up and shaky slaps hands. a crap at him with a shaking <laughs> hand because that is just so, that's so ableist. It's fucking disgusting. You kind of reminds me of? What when we were reading it was like remember the guy who said like conception is like for women is when you put an aspirin but you know hold an aspirin between your knees right oh my god (laughs) there's like this 
same craziness, but it doesn't stop there. No, 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 no. He has also stated arguments that marijuana is organic and less dangerous, that alcohol didn't make sense either. Like people who are claiming that it's less dangerous, it doesn't make sense to him. This is his quote. I love this. Well, poison ivy is is an organic plant, and I'm not going to chew it or smoke it. Rub it all over me. (laughs) You know nothing, sir. You are a you are a goddamn idiot. Oh my god! You are a useless idiot. (laughs) This is they're representing people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lots of people. People voted for these guys. I know. Clowns. Yeah. Funny. Yet scary. I mean, terrifying <laughs> that somebody so fucking dumb could even be in power. That's, I mean, oh, it's not common, just but dumb. yeah, okay, like um, indignant about. Oh me. my god! <laughs> well, poison ivy's a plant. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. The legalization of cannabis has generated greater and quicker acceptance of a myriad of different cannabis cannabinoid infusion products. Okay, so. Okay, all that current lunacy aside, we are going to tell you about a wonderful, insane, the wonderful, insane directions the cannabis industry is heading in the future. The future. I love doing that. I don't know if you remember Wayne's World, but that was great. All right, the legalization of cannabis has generated greater and quicker acceptance of a myriad of different cannabis cannabinoid-infused products. For the first time, companies are legally able to spend real money on research and development, producing a whole new generation of marketable commodities. Some products are designed with health benefits in mind, aka pharmaceuticals, and some with a more recreational intent, aka getting high. Okay? So let's start with getting high in public. All right. Yeah, so public consumption of cannabis is still a touchy subject for most regulatory bodies that govern cannabis in states that have legalized or even just have medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. Some states have implemented cannabis lounges where one can legally partake in cannabis outside the home, but in most cases, you can't purchase the product there. It's BYO bud. Yeah. Likewise, it's yet to be allowed in restaurants or bars outside of private events. Mm-hmm. But why? Why can't I show my ID and be served a salad with a nice indica vinaigrette or a smoothie with a sativa booster? Yeah, 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 yeah. Originally, it was due to the Cole Memo, which put certain stipulations on states so that they could operate a legal cannabis market without federal interference. But that memo was rescinded during the Trump presidency. With those protections removed, there's little incentive to keep cannabis behind closed doors. So we will likely see that change in the next couple of years. Yeah. But... Mixing cannabis and alcohol is still a big no-no. So lame! Mm -hmm. (laughs) So lame! Because cannabis is a Schedule One substance, the ATF, FDA, and DEA would come down hard on any business trying to mix the two. In fact, there were quite a few breweries that tried to infuse hemp-derived CBD into beer as it was believed that at the time the DEA had no jurisdiction over it. Which is kind of true. Was kind of true. But after the DEA established a a drug code to track marijuana extract, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. which the DEA considers to be a Schedule One controlled substance, Mm -hmm. uh, that drug code includes any one or more cannabinoids extracted from the cannabis sativa L plant, such such as as CBD. Thus, all hopes of uh, cannabinoid-infused alcoholic beverages were dashed. It's sad because it was a great idea. 
Yeah. That's awesome. But the only way we're going to see cannabis-infused alcoholic beverages in the future will be with full legalization of cannabis, removing it from the Controlled Substance Act oh, completely. Yeah. And removing it from the DEA's control. Yeah, but, you know, um, uh, yeah. Go on, Nick. Go yeah. Um, and what, that grows ever closer as more and more states legalize with even five more states legalizing last year. Yeah. That being said, the new bills being introduced into legislation have written into them verbiage which makes cannabis and alcohol infusions illegal. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I will say this, too, about those bills that we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. When you look at them, like, that seems to be kind of, like, the thing in general, too, is, like, you know, we're writing into not only just the vape products, but you're not going to be able to mix alcohol with these things as yeah. well in tandem. But, and I will say, too, I, I did forget to mention, when you read the Moore Act, it's it's definitely, as we said, the hows and whos and whats and, and how to do it, how to implement it, you know what I mean? But it's like a college graduate student piece of legislation where the MORE Act was like a freshman in high school. Right? The cow is a college graduate. Yeah, and the yeah, MORE okay. is like, you know, like a high school freshman. But still, they both have that in that mm-hmm. language. So Which, you know, for the time being, I mean, one thing that uh, for sure THC-infused alcoholic beverages were going to take some time, even post-federal uh, legalization, to become a thing, if it ever will. Right. However, I think that will open up CBD because, you know, once again, after it's out of the hands of the DEA, then the original... Um, uh, you know, I can't remember what it was called, but something farm uh, act or whatever oh, that yeah. that put CBD under their jurisdiction, oh. uh, which was why they thought it was allowed originally. So I think right. I think we'll see uh, minor cannabinoids um, before THC. Right now, <laughs> the the one thing that I thought that was uh, so funny too, um, just in in that whole thing, is. There's well, we'll get to it. There's there's so many different things that they are going to to mix it with. So to leave alcohol out, I thought was just just ingenuous on that level too. Yeah. You know. Okay, but we're gonna get to that. So now for something super exciting. Okay, like I was just saying, you know, companies are producing cannabis products mixed with low dosage psychedelics. What? Yes, yes. Research and markets markets projected that psychedelic market will reach. The size of ten point seven five billion by the year twenty twenty seven. Wow! Freaking crazy. The growth in the psychedelic industry does not threaten the cannabis industry, though, guys. Don't worry. It presents another business investment opportunity for those in the cannabis sector already. Mm-hmm. All right? And as of now, only a handful of cities have decriminalized psychedelic mushrooms, such as Oakland and Santa Cruz in California, Denver and Colorado, and Washington, D.C. Oregon is the only state thus far to take similar action, doing so in November 2020. But even if psychedelics are descheduled and federally approved, biotech companies will probably recommend that the drugs be used in a, in a clinic under professional medical supervision. That suggests the product availability not at retail stores like we know them, but mm-hmm. more through a clinical therapist and their offices as part of a treatment plan for those struggling with issues such as PTSD, depression, and addiction. Yeah. And so... There's a quote from a doctor here, Sandra Carter. If this could help with rewriting 
uh, the severe addiction. If this could help with rewriting severe addiction, think of the benefits, she said. And she's the co-founder of Ohm Mushroom Superfood, all right? And she goes on to say that addiction is the epidemic of our time. Yeah. You know, so she's thinking any tool in the shed, right? Yeah, Let's yeah. break it out. I mean, addiction and, uh, you know, mental health, you yeah. know, hand-in-hand uh, hand for sure. Yeah, now, um, so... I was, uh, we were looking, when we were looking through these, uh, when we were doing the research, we saw products that you can get online that weren't mixed with the psychedelics, but you could buy CBD with like um, lion's mane and some other of those things and different cannabinoids mm-hmm. mixed in in pill form. And so Nick and I were talking about it and um, Nick actually, if you want to share, does have some personal experience with low dosage of psychedelics. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of speaking to what we were saying before about um, psychedelics being kept strictly under clinical uh, usage. I'm hoping that with the furthering of uh, psychedelic legalization or decriminalization, uh, descheduling, uh, whichever direction it goes, uh, that we might also see some just low dosage psychedelic products that can be bought over the counter uh, because they I have been and many people this has become a huge thing is yes. is microdosing psychedelic yeah. mushrooms um, <clears throat> I've been experimenting with myself for the past few months and it is been extremely effective for me on a, on an anecdotal level. I'm not taking enough to feel any sort of psychoactive effects. I'm not feeling high. I'm not feeling, uh, seeing any visuals. I'm not uh, (laughs) getting any of the, um, psychedelic effects of the mushrooms. However, just on a day to day basis, my general mood and the way I view things is in such a more positive way. I'm more thankful for the things I have in my life. I just, just, everything I the way I am thinking about things I'm not going into negative mental spirals I'm not you know it's it's been a huge a huge flip for me and and very very like I recommend it to anybody who can get their hands on psychedelic mushrooms to try microdosing because I well I love a psychedelic trip sure I love taking a handful of mushrooms and just seeing where it takes me sure fuck you I I, yeah I think that the uh, microdosing of mushrooms, by far, is my favorite effect of them. Oh, okay. by far, because of just the general wellness that I experience in my day to day life because of it. And you know? I think this is such a wonderful thing that they're doing too, because, like you said, you're not the only person doing. This. Oh no, this has become huge. Yeah. it's become huge. You can do a lot of research on it. You can read a lot of testimonials yeah. from people all over the place. I mean, I, I know that there have been a lot of studies done on large doses in clinical uh, environments, but I haven't necessarily myself found a bunch of studies on prolonged microdosing of Uh psychedelics. I'm sure there are probably some out there, Uh, but either way, I mean, I I think that it would be really cool if we could see low dosage products that are, uh, you know, used essentially as supplements, as daily wellness, mental health supplements. And if they mix it with cannabinoids, all the better. Exactly. Exactly. I think that like, like we were talking about, there's some good, you know, doing it at a a physician's office in a clinical setting. Oh gosh, Mm -hmm. isn't that a brave, brand new world? So great. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think that the, the possibilities are endless as we start to get into the world 
world of psychedelics and using them for for uh, mental health. We are so blessed to live in these times. Yeah. Now, also another um, a commodity that we found is uh, oh, coffee. So uh, oh, yeah. coffee being infused uh, with CBD, CBD or other cannabinoids. So Strava Craft uh, Coffee, a CBD infused coffee brand based in Denver, has announced an interest in bringing to the market coffee beans and tea also uh, spiked with psychedelic mushrooms contingent on further regulatory tweet, tweaks yeah. in Colorado. So how cool is that? Coffee and tea with some, you know, and CBD and some magic mushrooms. It's like a freaking mad out of tea party, guys. This is going to be I great. mean, seriously, but <laughs> even so, like, yeah, taking it as your, uh, you know, you, every, you know, everybody that is a coffee drinker, you're going to have your morning coffee, have just a, um, a little tiny dose of psychedelics in there just to put a little silver lining on them yeah, clouds. Yeah, a little pep in your step, Yeah, you no, know? I I'm, I'm so into that. I would be a regular. I would too. Yeah. yeah. So legality aside, though, let's look at other reasons that public consumption of cannabis isn't always or isn't as popular as it could be yet yeah. and where it's going. Yeah. With indoor smoking and vaping laws, it's highly unlikely that we'll see widespread use of those consumption methods indoors. So that leaves us with eating and drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> the main reason ep- uh, edibles aren't the most popular product on the market is because of how long they take to set in, uh-huh. the duration of the high, yeah. and the difficulty for a novice and yeah. Uh, experienced users alike to understand and control their dosage. Nick and I. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Now, one emerging workaround is rapid onset edibles, wow. which are getting closer and better at setting in at a similar rate to, for example, alcohol. Crazy. Many companies are now developing rapid onset products that boast turning your 45 minute wait into just a five to 10 minute one. So huge. Exactly. And this is great as uh, this is a great start as creating a low dosage rapid onset product that can be consumed, consumed in a similar way to alcohol would definitely win over a lot of edible wary consumers absolutely 100 absolutely as a matter of fact that's one of the reasons that i steer clear from a lot of edibles is just because you know depending on you know whatever how much i ate or whatever yeah i'll have totally different experience like you know i think i've told you guys i had some sativa terpene laced edible and i was in the bathroom at three o'clock in the morning with the toothbrush tile. <laughs> so, you know, yep. that's not where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think that this, this is a great new thing that they're doing this fast acting stuff. Now, now I have to tell you this though, guys. So speaking of like how it, you know, you could have like, like a drink and how it would affect you, you know, like alcohol or whatever. We have the first legalized cannabis infused non-alcoholic wine and it's been produced in California. It's a Sauvignon Blanc from the Rebel Coast Winery, and it's using the Hydro PS technology developed by the Ibu Company. Consumers can enjoy a glass at dinner and know how it will affect them, just like Mick was saying, just like drinking a glass of traditional wine. Okay? A bottle of this wine, are you sitting, retails for $59.99. Oof. <laughs> Oof. That's a lot. It contains about four glasses, uh, each with a low dose of five milligrams per glass. Wow. <laughs> so 20 milligrams total in the bottle yeah. for 60 bucks. 60. Yikes. 
dollars. Yes, <clears throat> the Hydro PS is a water soluble, shelf stable solution that is added to the products to infuse them with cannabinoids. Okay, the technology is designed to produce consistent, predictable, fast acting sensations in a wide range of beverages, food, cooking oils, topicals, and more. Okay, thanks to the Ubu Hydro PS technology, that increases the bioavailability of THC and it takes effects within minutes. Here's a fun factoid. This winery produces wine. So they made this wine using Sauvignon Blanc grapes, produced it just like a regular wine that they would do, like aged it in the casks, mm-hmm. mixed it with the yeast, and did all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, aged it, and then they took out the alcohol. <laughs> It just seems like so many extra steps. That's wild. That's why it's fifty nine ninety nine. That's absolutely wild that they would just go through and make. Oh, I mean, I would understand if they like added the cannabis into the process of creating the wine so that it has some effects on flavors or whatever. But you're literally just making wine, taking the alcohol out, and then putting the weed, the THC in, which just seems like way more steps to create. I mean, why? It's crazy. I hope they just sell the the whatever water soluble THC stuff that they make, so you can just put it in your own stuff. You know? like, <laughs> I mean, God, that seems like so many extra steps, and that's probably why it's so expensive because yes. they have to make the wine and then take the alcohol out of it and then add the THC in, and the THC is no the weed or THC is no part of the fermenting or any part of the no. winemaking process. No. It's just an afterthought. Yeah. Well. Okay, and this That's is, wild. Uh, this is, I have never, I don't know about you, but I have never spent $60 on a bottle of wine. No. Even add alcohol. No. <laughs> Maybe I will someday, but, you know. <laughs> damn, that no. That stuff better be lip smackingly delicious. Seriously, that's got to be <laughs> God's nectar. Yeah, right? Okay, so, yeah. <clears throat> I thought that was a, very interesting, but just so you know, just another thing. Yeah. You know, they obviously did the, spent the money, did the research yeah. and development, and they know people are going to buy it, and it's available at a retail shop. Yeah. There you go. Once again, just wild that they would go through all that. But anyway, I mean, that's an interesting edible product that's yeah. like, that's in the line of what we're talking about exactly. in a fast acting, yeah. um, uh, you know, a familiar packaging exactly. too. You know, a familiar yeah. uh, delivery system yeah. like wine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that is a good step in... The public eye of of making it a more acceptable oh, and more normal thing, absolutely. you know. Um, but the other argument is that against you know cannabis edibles is that a lot of people uh, think that they produce a different effect from the flower and concentrates that users often report to be sleepier and more lethargic, lethargic, which isn't always what you no. want, especially in a public setting. <laughs> And that can be the Totally, totally, <laughs> seriously. Um, but we've already seen lots of edibles being created using live resin, yeah. which is marketed as creating a high similar to flour. With rapid onset te- technology that bypasses the liver on the way to the bloodstream, we could very see- soon see products that smash these complaints all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, another way we might see cannabis used in public in settings in the near future is in inhalers uh, and patches. I love the 
the patches. Yeah, really cool, interesting products. Now, we we reviewed an inhaler product a while back Mm -hmm. that uses no heat or combustion to dispense the product, and it is a promising technology, especially because you get the effects of an inhaled product like smoking or vaping. Right, right. But it would likely get around all of the smoking and vaping laws because it doesn't use any heat or combustion in the dispensing of the product. Right. However... An inhaler is a me- only a medical device at this point, right. as far as people are concerned. So to bring it into the public eye as a recreational device yeah. might seem a little strange to the masses. At for, I you think know? at first, like you said, because they're used to seeing, you know, their little cousin who has is asthmatic with the exactly somebody's yeah. having a panic attack yeah. or you know or a, a, a asthma attack in there. Not you know, sexy. No, no, not. <laughs> Not an attract- I mean, even just even just like you know the the asthma attack aside, yeah. you know you're at a bar. Hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> <sighs> you want to hit? <laughs> you know that's that's not the coolest thing in the world. Not the smoothest that move. Hilarious. Right. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. And when we were doing this, you know, we were talking about how, like, when we did the review, there's so low dosage that for, like, you know, people like Nick and I, it's like, mm. yeah. for somebody who's just starting out or they don't want to, you know, Well, once again, smoke. you know, it's like if you're if you're talking about a bar setting, like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a situation where, you know, it's not a take a few hits and be done. It's a, you know, hit it throughout the night nice. kind of situation yeah. and culminate at yeah. the end of the night in your in your peak experience. I know, but I'm with you, hey Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah. Pudding. But just, and we were talking about clinical uses as well. Yeah. This is great for consumers who um, don't want to do the edible thing, who want that right now. Yeah. Okay, but they yeah. don't want to smoke it. This is. Or perfect. can, you know, yeah. people with COPD exactly. or other, other lung uh, exactly. issues that, that, you know, any sort of heat or combustion mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, a thick vapor in their lungs can be yeah. damaging and, uh, or yeah. very painful. And so I definitely see this more as. A medical device, Yeah, yeah, for pharmaceutical sure. as opposed to a recreational mm-hmm. thing. Now, the other side of that being the patches, uh, are, it's an awesome technology. It's oh, a great oh, delivery system for cannabinoids because you're not talking about eating anything. No. You're not talking about inhaling anything. No. Arguably, you know, I mean, it, it could be considered the uh, safest and healthiest way in order uh, to, to intake cannabinoids. However, once again, in a social setting, slapping a patch on <laughs> is, <laughs> you, you don't really it's not it's not really the consumption uh, that people want you know that, yeah but here I will say this okay mm-hmm. so um I know somebody mm-hmm. who was struggling with a situation in a family setting mm-hmm. there was gonna be multiple family parties yeah it was gonna be over the course of a few days and there was some family difficulties you know mm-hmm. which there often are yeah and so this person came to me and they wanted to be discreet they didn't want to have to divorce themselves from the situation to, yeah you know take their tincture or whatever or yeah. explain therein what that was totally to anybody so that person we decided that the, the dermal patch would be the answer so not only was that great because that person was able to just slap the patch on when mm-hmm. they were getting ready for the day yeah 
it also the patches traditionally well that we that I know of have this kind of longer lasting effect mm-hmm. or some of them now are even for days now yeah you know so but it definitely this helped this person with that 8 to 12 to 10 hour you know family thing and yeah. they came back and reported that it was phenomenal yeah i mean i i i totally i totally see that and i think that for discrete use one that is it is an amazing product uh-huh. um two i think another way we might see it especially when we're talking about the future of cannabis you know like my money is that if we see cannabis bars um that were they're serving you know cannabis beverage Beverages right. or cannabis food, we're probably going to see a limit of five, maybe 10 milligrams yeah, per beverage. Yeah, yeah. For somebody who's a strong user, for example, that we have a lot of customers who will come in and buy 100 milligram drink a couple times a day. Like you know, two or three of them. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how they get through their day. Yeah. And, you know, so to be a person like that and you go into a bar and you're getting served five milligram drinks, and... you're probably not going to want to drink 20 of them. No. So a patch in order to raise your base oh. level so that you can enjoy the five milligram beverages with your lower dosage friends um, while not feeling you're like you have to pound them down is a pretty cool option for you you know that idea but i mean i think that my money is still going to be on like i said the cannabis infused beverages or or uh edibles in as far as us seeing cannabis bars and cannabis restaurants and public consumption and i'm really excited about uh cannabis restaurants in general Mm -hmm. bars in general because you're going to have to be over 21 to be in them. Yep. Okay, so number one, you kind of already have this. We're going out for an adult evening. Yeah. Right? And also, too, that just think of all the different infusions and flavors and experience. Oh, like, because... Like, for some people, it's like, well, we want to go on this kind of terpene ride, yeah. you know, or this kind of benefit from a cannabinoid. Yeah. And we get to, you know, look on the menu and they'll list what does what. I mean, this is going to be great. Exactly. So and I mean, with how flavorful terpenes are using those <gasps> in the culinary process, you know, it's going to be really cool to see see what, where, where they go with it and what they do with it. I mean, um I, I think it's going to be really exciting. But, yeah. I mean, there are already so many exciting, discrete, and accurate technologies yeah. being developed in edibles and other types of products um, that, uh, you know, open the commodity up to a wide range of customer demographics yes. who are once unsure of what their cannabis experience See? would be. Yeah, like my mom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's never spoke about a day in her life. Mm-hmm. She, I might get her to get some tea. You know what I mean? I might be, you know, or go out for, like I said, you know, for tea or coffee or something like mm-hmm. that. That would be great. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So speaking of edibles, though, okay, it's time for our cautionary tale. tale and it does hack. Heck, it does harken back to our first episode of the apocalypse, which was hard for me to say. So I was apropos that that was hard for me to get through that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I had to sing it before I could say it. Yeah. um, Okay. So imagine you're uh, 23 years old looking to, you know, enhance your experience for the evening. You know, you're you're a good girl, right? You. I am. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a good girl, Susan. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'll beat up anybody who says you're not. <laughs> okay. You and your 21-year-old American friend are uh, going to start off your evening by ingesting a cannabis-infused edible. 
And then within an hour or two after you've paid for your enhanced gummy package and it's delivered to you, you feel so bad, you and your friend feel the need to check into an emergency hospital upon where one of you dives five days later. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. These poor girls. Oh, this is terrible. This girl in the prime of her life, guys, she was a a law student. Wow. And her mother's only child. Oh, it's just terrible. It's called a synthetic psychoactive substance, people. Most likely the class B synthetic cannabinoid supply that was found in the possession with intent of one Leon Brown. 37 from South Norwood and was uh, by the Met Police. Wow. Yeah, that's what they found in his possession. They said he was found with a large quantity of cash and what were to believe to be the edible cannabis products. They are also aware of one potentially linked case in which a woman was taken unwell earlier in March after eating a cannabis sweet in Tower Hamlets. She was taken to the hospital and later discharged. Inquiries are ongoing to establish whether this suite was part of the batch of suites associated with the woman's death, the 23-year-old. All right, Stuart Bell from Met Police warned people against taking illegal substances, including those packaged in the form of cannabis suites. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, listen, please do not buy or consume these products. They are illegal, (laughs) not regulated, because of the child-friendly package they can pose a risk of accidental consumption. Oh, God, he said. kills a 23 year old woman. Oh. Imagine if a kid got their hands oh, on it. Oh, my God. Not a pleasant way to go, it no. sounds like, either. I think no. probably what happened is it shut down her filter system, her liver and her kidneys, and that, you know. Yeah. 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 He said he added this particular batch of sweets was contained in packaging feature Trolley Peaches O's branding. And it, so it looks those. like, you know, your regular. I love Peachy O's. They're I delicious. Know, I just bought some for my daughter for my goddaughters oh my god yeah it has not been confirmed at this stage where the sweets were manufactured but again this is why we need regulations and why you can't just go online mm-hmm. and have stuff delivered to you this poor girl is dead and her her mother is going to live the rest of her life without a child and that's just it's so sad so you know <sighs> I mean, it's just yeah, it's so like the the um, prohibition of of you know, honestly the prohibition of drugs in general oh, is so fucking dangerous. So I mean, not just talking about this, but the yeah. the epidemic of uh, of. Uh, God, what's the opioid? Um, oh, the fentanyl. Fentanyl. Of yeah. fentanyl getting into, uh, you know, being brought into the the heroin supply. How many people are dying from that? Oh, it's terrible. You know, I mean, all, this is happening all over the place. And if we could just legalize and regulate oh these gosh. drugs, then so many fewer people would die. Yes. So many few, fewer people would die. I was just listening to this podcast that they were talking about. Uh, you know, safe injection sites and drug, uh, you know, uh, making uh, drug test kits available widely. And, you know, in some states in the some states in the United States, it is illegal to have a drug testing Why? kit to test your drugs to make sure they're safe. Why? I have no idea. It makes no sense Why? whatsoever. <laughs> they th- I think it's some weird backward like, well, if you can test the drugs, you're going to do more drugs. No. Or some shit like that. <laughs> no, you're going to go, oh, shit, shit like this that. could kill me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I but better not do this. Nobody's ever done in a safe injection site no. and honestly there's you know myriads and so much proof that 
allowing people access to safe injection sites lowers the usage of harmful drugs. We proved that in Seattle back in the yeah. day too. And I will tell you, it would have been really nice if some of my friends who died in their 20s would have been able to test their opiates. Seriously. They might still be with us today, you know, because some of that stuff, there was some times where some kick-ass stuff could come down the pike that people weren't used to. Nah. And they would do what they were used to. Yeah. And it ended up killing them. Yeah. And that was even pre-fentanyl. So if we could yeah. actually, I mean, I just don't understand sometimes. It's like people must just love their illegal drug cartels so much. Well, it's just like, I mean, even even just like, you know, how many people die when they relapse because they try yeah, to go back to using yeah. the same amount they yeah, were before. Exactly you know, if we had if we had areas where people could do this safely and we had, you know, one, like why uh, it's also incredibly hard to get Narcan, which is the the opioid blocker that will literally save, save people's life. lives from an overdose. It's incredibly hard to get. I don't understand. And it, like, I think it's still considered a pharmaceutical and it has to be prescribed in order to even get your hands on it. Like, why isn't everybody carrying Narcan? Okay. <laughs> like, literally everybody. You walk into somebody on the street that's overdosing, hit them with some Narcan. Like, how many lives would be saved? But, like, there's just still this awful stigma on drug use yeah. and quote-unquote junk and addiction that is killing people. It's killing people, and yeah. we need to get over it. And again, that's why we keep harping on this, you know, legalizing and, mm-hmm. and regulating. Because, you know, I know a lot of people hear the word regulating, and they go, they have this knee-jerk response. Oh, the yeah. government's bad! You know, it's yeah. like, well, wait a minute. They wouldn't have... Those people wouldn't have died from yeah. those cartridges. These girls wouldn't have died from these edibles. Yeah. If they had been able to go and purchase them in a legal setting where these products had been regulated, one hundred percent. So, which brings Nick and I to what we wanted to talk about from our own personal experience: mm-hmm. pre-legalized edible experiences. Yes, yeah. yes. And I'm gonna have Nick start out with his. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I, I. So I think any of us who have tried any homemade edibles at all uh-huh. are aware of the fact that they generally are made quite strong most recipes that people yeah (laughs) most recipes that people make at home they are very high potency yeah not your 10 milligram Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this is a story from when I went on tour with my band we went on went uh, on a little uh, loop around the midwest (laughs) um So cannabis had already been legalized in the state that we're in Washington at this point, but it wasn't legal in any states in the Midwest at the time. Uh, So we, upon uh, deplaning, we decided we needed to get something, you know, (laughs) as quickly as possible so that we could handle, you know, 12 days on a bunch with a, on a bus with a bunch of sweaty dudes. Uh, That's not a good place. Mm -hmm. Even the dudes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We weren't able to find any bud right away, but a friend in... In Chicago, uh, gave it was kind enough to donate a big old bag of homemade <gasps> cannabis cookies. Oh my uh, so we would at least be able to ride that until we uh, we found some of the good old sticky icky. Right. Um, however, this was a very strong batch of cannabis uh, edibles, and uh, yes, the batch you got. Yes, the batch I got. <laughs> and uh, at this time, I was a heavy dabber. I was I I was a. Uh, uh, 
high cannabinoid uh, uh, kind of guy at the time. You know, I mean, a hundred milligram edible, I could bat an eye at. I could, yeah. I could enjoy and uh, not have a bad time. Okay. So, so uh, this, these little homemade oh, edibles from the, from a little Midwest oh, boy. So sweet. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. It's adorable. <laughs> so we get on the get back on the bus. I. Uh, uh, on the way to the show, I consume, I think, three cookies. Um, <laughs> and right as I'm getting my stuff set up, they really start to kick in right? when I realize, holy shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I started experience some, experiencing some time travel myself. I was heading to the future uh, very slowly. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I get on stage and I'm playing the show and I end up getting just so incredibly high yeah. that as we're playing through the show, I think I'm playing a great show. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm in the groove. Yeah, you're I, a rock star now, uh, baby. <laughs> my eyes were probably closed the whole time because I don't even remember a crowd. Right. I don't even like I I, I just you I just got in the zone. <laughs> and I find out after the show that while I played the whole show, yeah. I was playing the wrong song no. the entire time. No. The wrong songs the entire Nick. time. Now most of our songs How were in the same. Well, most of our songs were in the same key. So like, if it didn't sound incredibly what? awful, what? but man, I somehow just I and once again I thought I was playing a great How show. Many people were at the show. Like I said, my eyes were closed. I don't remember. I have no recollection of a crowd whatsoever. I was in my own so you world. Were one of your bandmates are probably looking at you like, no. what in, in the fact, hell? the lead singer has a, you know, was known to yell at me on the mic, okay. you know, just oh, random so times anyway, yeah. so he was probably yelling at me, telling me I'm playing the wrong song. <laughs> but I was just in the groove and feeling it the whole time, but I ended up playing an entire show while not playing one song correctly. <laughs> Not playing the right song for any of the songs. Love this. Yeah. And we had a set list too. So I just made up my own set list in my head and just went at it. (laughs) Needless to say, I did not consume any more of those cookies before any shows. But man. Bass. I know you play some Yeah, guitar. yeah, yeah. Play the bass guitar. So I'm holding down the oh, root of the entire shit. song <laughs> while playing a completely different song than the rest that of the band. Is, you know what? That's fucking entertainment. I, I who you are. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 that's what I've always thought. I was like, man, I wish I had been in that crowd. <laughs> I wish you would have recorded I that know, thing. right? That Just to know brilliant. what it was like from that point of view. I thought it was really interesting, man, last night. <laughs> It was like they were playing two different songs at once. Crazy, but it was wild. Melody. Somehow it worked. Weird. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it probably didn't work. Oh, legend in our own minds. That's so great. Man. Oh my I god. Love that. What about you? What you got? Huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do not underestimate the cookies. Yeah, or the power of the brownie. Yeah. My story is with uh, brownies. <laughs> so. Um, I used to um, go with a fella that his brother uh, was the grower. His brother and his uh, wife were the growers. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend was into the sales and distribution portion. Of all right. All right. Oh, you got the whole network going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I was the beneficiary of literal garbage bags full of clippings. Oh. Okay. Now. 
Lucky you. Very lucky me. But it was a mixed bag, to be sure. Because not only was there leaf and bud and stem mm. in there, but there would be every now and then a candy bar wrapper or a crushed beer can. <laughs> so these guys were like, bud. this is literally trash to us. You literally can have it. Yeah, literal floor sweepers. Literally. Okay? Oh, jeez. So I... Also, I'm the beneficiary of very good friends, mm-hmm. and I was one of the first one of my friends to have my own place. Mm-hmm. So I had this little tiny studio apartment, and on the bottom floor is like some shops, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the top floor is the apartments, and the walls are so thin there, yeah, that you literally you. Somebody in the apartment will sneeze and the rest of us will say, (laughs) (laughs) and we will all hear each other. As a fun little note, I lived in this exact same building like 20 years after Susan. Ironically. Yeah, yeah. and it is definitely true. Very thin walls. I mean, there were a few more layers of paint on them, but it was still, you could hear everything that was going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, one of my neighbors, we Mm -hmm. had shared a bathroom wall, right? And we would literally have conversations. (laughs) (laughs) How was it last night? So, yeah, not even kidding. So, imagine if you will, you got to go up these stairs. So, there's a code, you open the door, and the second you open the door, you smell marijuana. Mm. And as you get closer and closer to my apartment door, you feel like you're standing in a grow room. Okay? Yeah. It smells like a damn it's grow up. <laughs> Oh my god. You gosh. open the door and there's three or four people literally sifting on the floor through the marijuana. Okay? Oh my picking god. out the buds, picking out the stems, picking out the leaves and the cigarette butts and cane rippers and the beer cans. And then I had friends who were I was specifically a friend who was a trained chef and he actually worked at Ooh. a very famous restaurant we have here um, in our neck of the woods. Awesome. He was one of their first chefs. Very but cool. he was very young too. Yeah. So really just a feather in his cap. But he'd be in the kitchen freaking cooking up the butter for them and making the marijuana brownies. Hell okay. Yeah. So I would come home from work and there'd be literally like four or five people <laughs> in your apartment. <laughs> hey guys, welcome. Right, seriously. Yeah. In all various forms and we had little scales and so anyway so I we would make these brownies and we would eat them and like Nick was saying you have no idea right and so we started to realize that when you get the munchies and you start munching on the brownies, mm-hmm. it's a vicious cycle. Yes. Cycle, you yes, guys. It is. Okay, and you have no idea. So we're literally tripping balls for weeks at a time, really. <laughs> Just in these munchy cycles. Yeah, these death spirals. Come, right, you know? And I remember I went to a friend's house in the morning. I had gotten off work and I and it was like like one o'clock in the afternoon and I'm going over to my friend's house and we're going to go out and do something. I can't remember what. Literally, he opens the door and his eyes are like Oh my god! And I had specifically told him, you're munching too hard on those brownies. You're a <laughs> Totally disregards me. Wait a minute. So here he is opening the door. Eyes like peels in the night and he looks at me. He goes, what have you done to me? <laughs> Oh my god. You did it to yourself, bud. I said, no, no, that's on you. I warned you. Get in the car. We're going. I don't want to hear any whining. Oh my god. So, again, just another example 
of why we need regulation. And we were not 21, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it did, yeah, at that time, matter. it didn't matter. Yeah. yeah, right. It doesn't really matter. It's illegal no matter how old you are. Yeah, that's right. So, but just in general, you know, know what you did. You have to know what you're getting, okay? If you don't know what you're getting, you're rolling your own dice. Yeah. And you could be at a in a band, but be you know a, a one man band for the seriously, night. <laughs> seriously. So you know. That being said, you know, I, first of all, we're gonna be releasing this episode on 420. Yay! So we just want to wish everybody a happy 420. Yes! Consume safely. Have an amazing time. Yes. Shout out to the Waldos, Waldos, the originator of 420. I mean, as far as most people are concerned, there's still a lot of stories out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you guys have a great time. We're gonna have a blast ourselves. Yeah. And uh, and we can't wait to get our next episode out to you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Cannabis Nation. We hope this has shed light on your most burning questions and dankest desires. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Cannabis Nation Podcast. I'm Susan. And I'm Nick. And then on a high note. <laughs> that might have been a, our best harmony yet. Yay! Thanks, Waldo. <laughs> Happy 420, everybody. Be safe. Be safe. Be cool.